0: I have said to you many, many times, and I say it very firmly today once again, that it's a joy to be here, and I thank you for getting a little closer. We are a family, and we're going to talk about being a family, and we're going to pray today. I've got to tell you that you can pray for me because what we're going to do today came to me between 2.30 and 4.30 this morning. Uh, And I am looking forward to seeing what the Lord does with this, because it, in my mind, is a very, very important concept, activity, behavior for you and me. But the fact that we are here as a family, um, I want to share something with you that I just encountered yesterday. I love it when people put books on my desk. I look at the book and I think, well, that is either going to be an inspiration to me or they want me to learn something. Well, this is both. Because this is a book called Sunday Matters. And it ended up on my desk yesterday morning when I got here. I looked at it and it's... A devotional book written by Paul David Tripp, who writes all sorts of books very wonderfully, very godly, very inspirationally. And as I looked at this devotional, it is about Sunday gatherings, and that is where we are today, folks. We are in a Sunday family gathering, and I want to emphasize that, I want to celebrate that, I want to affirm the fact that this is something that we do and we love doing. Now, I heard one of our fine men uh, just this past week say that as he grew up, that every Sunday they went to church. He said it wasn't even a question. Now, he happened to be a preacher's kid. so, And I'm looking at him right over here. So, But Daryl witness to that fact in front of several of us this past Wednesday night in one of our classes that a habit that he and his family had was that they never questioned whether or not they were going to go to Sunday gathering. Now I hope some of you are the same way. My family was that way and I'm seeing several heads nodding yes to that. And so we have a family heritage about Sunday gatherings. And I just wanted to start today with sharing the words from this devotional related to, to the Sunday that we're in right now. And Paul David Tripp says this, the regular gathering of the church on Sunday morning is designed to lovingly confront us with the fact that the most valuable thing in life cannot be earned. The most valuable thing in life cannot be humanly achieved. The most valuable thing in life can't be purchased or earned. The most valuable thing in life is not an experience you will have. The most valuable thing in life is not something you will get from people in your life. The most valuable thing in life is an eternal gift of divine grace it is my eternal forgiveness my eternal acceptance into the family of god and the guaranteed destiny that is mine as a child of god all secured for me by the righteous life the death and the life-giving resurrection of jesus christ the most valuable thing in all of life is my union with christ by grace he is in me, and I am in him. May we look with anticipation to this weekly gathering as a gift, just as we would look with anticipation at opening a gift handed to us by a loved one. Corporate worship is God's weekly gift to us, wrapped in the grace of Jesus and given by someone who created us, knows us, understands the temptations that greet us in this broken world in which we live, and offers us the help we need. This gathering reminds us that God will never grow tired of us, never regret that we are in his family, and never walk away in disgust in front of us. No, he welcomes us to gather once again and in gathering to remember that he is almighty God, our Father. Amen? Isn't that a great statement? Isn't that what we need to think about when we come to this wonderful time here on Sunday morning? Now... I want to start, go ahead, with just affirming before I get into some of what I threatened you with a moment ago that I felt led between 2.30 and 4.30 this morning. Now, I don't usually lose sleep, folks. i got to tell you that. But I am very, very committed to what we're doing in our Bible study classes and our small groups, what we're doing here in worship service, what Pastor Scott has led us and trained us and uh, encouraged us to be involved in. And yes, today in all of this emphasis, we are looking at the concept of our church family being a community, a family together. That's one of the reasons I ask y'all to come a little closer because we want unity. We want to be together. We want to relate and love and do what we're supposed to under God's guidance, So I'm going to read and share just a word about this passage of scripture from Romans 12, verse 3 through 5 and 9 through 15. So if you'll just pay attention to this, mainly to God's word because it says, For by the grace given me, I say to you, every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Now, what in the world does that mean? This is Romans 12, verse 3 through 5. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Think of yourself in accord with the measure of grace that God has given you. That means don't make up stuff about yourself. Don't think you're better than you are. But also don't think you're less than you are. You are God's creation. And he has given you a sense of the truth of you as a man or a woman. And in that, if you think according to God's grace given you, then you will be healthy and relatable. Meaning you can relate to your brothers and sisters. If you think about what you feel or what you think, good or bad... Sometimes you come out more superior. Sometimes you come out more inferior. And guess what? Both of those are mistakes. To be superior than others around you is a mistake. To be inferior is a mistake. And so think about what God has given you. And then just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We who are many from one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Now the last phrase, I want you to think about that for a minute. Are you aware that you belong to everybody sitting around you? Each member belongs to all the others. So if you are hurting, then I hurt. If you are joyful, then I'm joyful. If you are finding truth, then you can help me find truth. So we belong to each other. And it goes on to say, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Do you know anybody that's in need? Look around the room for a minute. Just kind of glance around at people across from you and that sort of thing. Just kind of look at them. Guess what? Everybody you're looking at, and this person up here that you're looking at, we're all in need. Amen? And what do we need? We need the community, the love that God fosters in us as Christian men and women. And the community out there, our neighborhoods, our town, this world, and we're going to talk more about that in just a moment, desperately needs the kind of love that God gives us. So share with God's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Humility. Do not be conceited. Now, I want us to know. I want to know more and more every day that I'm part of a community. I'm part of a community right here at King's Grand Baptist Church. Yes, I'm thankful to be a part of a community with my wife, my daughters, my sons-in-laws, all of my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. But right now, I'm talking to my church family. Now... I also am very interested, and this is where we're going to go for the next 30 minutes. I just looked at the clock to make sure. I started to say the next hour, but I better not say that because I'm getting in trouble. But I want us to know that we're part of the world's community, Part of what I want to say to you today and part of what I want to get you to do is I am deeply troubled. As I imagine you are if you're paying attention to the news. Now, I don't usually pay attention to news. I got to confess to you, I'm not somebody that has to be watching the news all the time. And all the politics, oh my goodness, no. All the celebrities, oh my goodness, no. All of the stuff that's usually in the news. All of the COVID stuff. No, 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 no. But right now, I'm paying very, very close attention to the news. Because we're on the verge of a major war. Now, I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm a prophet of hope. But I know that this world And there are places all around that are coming apart. And right now, I know of only one thing that I can do. Now, I will be honest with you. Many times over the past several years, I've wanted to pack up and go to Israel. To do whatever I could do there. And God has always said, no, Don, you belong here. Your family, your church, your ministry, your counseling. But I am very, very deeply troubled, not just for Israel, but for Palestine, for the innocents. I'm very upset, angry, hurt, horrified with Hamas and Hezbollah. And all of those words that I don't even know exactly what they mean. But I can only do one thing, and that is what? Pray. And that's what I want us to do for the next 30 minutes. Now, this is different. And last night, after me having a really nice day, I visited with some of our people yesterday afternoon, had a good afternoon, had a good day of study, wanted to share more about this community concept. But last night I sat down and watched the news for about 30 or 45 minutes. Went to bed at 10.30. Went to sleep. I was tired. But it was good sleep. Until 2.30. And then I woke up. And all I could think about was, Lord, we have got to turn to you. We've got to pray for these people. We've got to pray for Jerusalem. We've got to pray for Israel. We've got to pray and pray and pray and keep praying because I don't think any of us are going to go there to fight. Don't want you to. I sort of would like to, but I'm too old and not functioning as well as I did. But I can pray, and you and I can pray. Now, we are told in Scripture several things about Israel and about the Jewish people. And I want to just read two or three things here, and then we're going to go to a time of prayer. In Psalms 122.6, and I read this for you a couple of weeks ago when all this thing broke open. It said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your peace and prosperity. And then in Psalms 102, it says, But you, O Lord, sit enthroned forever, your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion. What is Zion? That's Israel. That's the Jewish people. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. For her stories and stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond to the prayer of the people. He will not despise their plea. Do you understand what that says? Jesus has filled us with his spirit. And because we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then Almighty God, the creator of all of our earth, the creator of you and me, will respond to our plea. Now, I want to mention, because this is important, what we're doing here. We're praying for Israel. Now, I need to say this. I don't know the politics of Israel. I don't know if all of them are godly people. But I know that Jerusalem and the land that that is God's city and that is God's land. And it is being racked with this terrible war. And so I am asking you and me to pray for Israel and pray for the people of Israel and pray for the leadership of Israel right now. even as I'm talking. You can listen and pray at the same time in your mind. You can pray for Israel. You can pray for Jerusalem. You can hold them up in the way God holds them up. Do you understand that we're his adopted children? The Jewish people are his chosen children. Now, yes, in our adoption, we are also chosen, thank the Lord. But we're talking about the people of Israel and the place of Israel and all, all that is going on there. Now, I'm also going to ask us to pray for the innocents. Now, there are innocent people in Israel that are not involved in all of this. There are innocent people in Gaza, there are innocent people. How about the children? Oh, my goodness, have you seen some of the images? I'm sorry that I've seen them. Have you seen some of the abuse that has gone to women? I'm sorry that I've seen it. Have you seen the devastation of Israel, of Gaza, of... (laughs) Of all of it. It is just horrific. And I'm praying right now. As I'm saying this to you. And I'm asking us to pray for the innocents. What about the hostages? Can you imagine? What if it was your daughter. Or son. Or your husband. Or your wife. Or your children. That had been kidnapped. In this terrible attack. That took place two weeks ago. The hostages. And we know nothing. I, I, I look for things on the news. So I don't trust the news. I don't trust the government. But I trust almighty God. Amen. And that's what I'm asking us to do. Because if we don't pray. And if other Christian people don't pray. Then it's just going to be people who are warring. Who are throwing rockets at each other. And doing horrific, terrible, just unbelievable things to each other. And so I pray for even Hamas. I pray for them somehow to come away from the evil. From the terrible things that they've been doing. But I also pray against them. Because I pray against their crimes. I pray against what they have chosen to do to to Jewish people, to Israel, to the land that is our God's land. So we are told to pray for our enemies. Well, I'm sorry, but right now Hamas and Hezbollah and all of that, they are our enemies. But we pray for them, and I'm asking you to pray for them. Now it gets a little closer to home. I'm asking you to pray for America. Have you seen the reports about the undocumented aliens that have come into this country in recent months or even in the last few weeks? It's in the hundreds. Now, I don't want to scare anybody. But I do want us to pray and to, to raise up with an absolute confidence in our Heavenly Father. Because now we're talking about, and people, again, I don't totally trust all of the news. No, no, no. I don't even know what and who to trust other than our Heavenly Father. But I do see these reports of these illegal aliens coming in particularly across the southern border. But I heard a report about them making their way to New York City and to Washington, D.C. Well, folks, guess what? That's in our neighborhood. So we need to pray for America. We need to pray for leadership. We need to pray for military people. We have some of our military people from this area and from our church that are now there. And we need to pray for them. We need to pray, 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 pray. And we need to pray for our church. We have a wonderful, godly church right here. This church family. But there will be, I imagine, different concepts and different ideas about who to trust and what is right and what is best. And I don't like any of it, but I know... I know that this is a part of where our world is going. And we have to understand that there's only one peace that is coming. And that is through Jesus Christ. And he is coming back. And Lord, please, come on. Because this world and right now, I want our church to to stand together. I have thought, I am praying about do we need to get together the church family one night some sometime or and just talk about all this we can't do that right now but but i want to know what people are thinking i want to know what you're feeling i know i want to know what you're struggling with just in your own emotions as you consider all this but i want you to pray i don't want us to be fearful i don't want us to be timid i want us to pray in the confidence and in the strength and in the power of the holy spirit about this whole situation i want our church to be a beacon of light a beacon of power because of prayer for all of these people israel and the people there in america and for our church and then i want you to pray for your families i mean part of i lay there last night Thinking about the fact that, you know, I've got two daughters, two sons-in-laws. I've got 13 grandchildren. I've got five great-grandchildren. I've got two great-grandchildren on the way. (laughs) We just got a crowd. And I love my family. And I'm thinking about getting all of us together as a family. My, My family family, not my church family. And just talking about what we need and what we need to say and what we need to pray about and getting my family to pray because that is the answer. Now, let me flip my page here because I want to read a couple of other things. As we're praying, Isaiah 62 says, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her righteousness shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name. Do you understand that what the Jewish people are going through now, they've gone through misery for years. Years and years and years and years. Now, some of it they brought on themselves, yes. You go back to the Old Testament and you see how they have failed. But they are still God's people. And God has promised them. And he is saying here, you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted. Or name your land desolate. You will be called Hepzibah And Beulah land. For the Lord will take delight in you. And your land will be married. As a young man marries a maiden. So will your sons marry you. And your bridegroom rejoices over his bride. So will your God rejoice over you. I have. This is God speaking to these people. And we can pray this. He says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never be silent, never go away, and always be there. And then in Isaiah 43, it says this powerful statement. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Now, I'm going to stop there because I'm going to look at you because I'm saying some things that can make people afraid. But I want to remind you that we are a people of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said 2,000 years ago, I'm going to give you a parting gift. And this parting gift is my peace. And with this peace, this is, I mean, excuse me, John... 1427, with this peace, Jesus said, you do not have to be afraid. So if you're sitting here right now, if some of my words or some of this terrible, terrible situation is making you afraid, please, please turn to Jesus Christ and accept his peace because he said, with this peace, you do not be afraid, do not have to be afraid. And it it goes on here in Isaiah 43. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel your Savior. Now that's what Almighty God says. And so regardless of what is going on in this terrible war, and regardless of who we can believe or who we can't believe, we do know <laughs> that God is in charge. We do know. That he will take care of his people. He has promised. The people of Israel. He has promised you and me. He has. Promised. Do you understand that? I'm not saying. I promised. I'm not saying you promised each other. Yeah. I want us to live up to our promises. That we make between us. But. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about almighty God. The perfect heavenly father. The one that loves you and me. That has given us the privilege of sitting in this place. And knowing that Jesus Christ is the truth. He has promised. And his promises will always be fulfilled because he is almighty god so when we talk about the promises to israel when we talk about the promises to you and me we can stand on that i think that's the only thing that we can stand on because this world is a mess now i want us to pray i hope i hope you've been praying while i've been talking I seem to have everybody's attention, and I appreciate that because this is something that I'm just sharing because the Lord asked me to share it. But right now, I want us to pray for the next few minutes. I want you to pray earnestly for all this that we're talking about. I want you to pray, and if anybody wants to pray out loud, we're just going to be silent for a moment but if anybody wants to just stand up and pray out loud for Israel or for our nation or for our church or for our families or for innocence or whatever you want to pray about now I'm I'm going to pray when we come to the end of this time I love to pray but guess what I love to hear you pray I don't need to do all the praying folks So please think about what I've shared with you. Think about these scripture passages. Think about our world. And please just pray right now for these next few minutes. And anybody want to pray out loud, please feel free to stand up and pray so we all can share in that. Let's pray. In the interest of unity in our prayer right now, let me just go back over that list of people and places and things that I ask you to pray about. We pray for Jerusalem. Please pray for Jerusalem, God's city. please pray for the nation of Israel for their leaders for God's influence on their leaders please pray for the innocent people in that whole region being killed and injured and families destroyed and families separated for the hostages. Please pray for them and their families. Please pray against any evil, evil in any of the forces, Hamas or others, but pray against evil in that godly place. Please pray for our country, for the United States of America, for our leaders, for our military, for military men and women who are in harm's way right now. But also pray for the safety and the security of our land. But pray for us that would need to accept that it may be here. And pray for our families, for each other, for dependence on Almighty God, for knowing the truth. For our church to be unified to be people of prayer to be people focused on our father and what he wants of us father we are your people you have Paid the price and bought us. You have invited us. You have chosen us. You have asked us to come into your kingdom. And right now there is heavy burden. For others of your people. For Jewish people. And we pray earnestly for them. We pray for our brothers and sisters that are going through horrific kind of experiences where they don't even know from one moment to the next if they'll be under a rocket attack or under an invasion. And we pray for the military of Israel and for their rightness, for their leaders, for them to have God good godly judgment we pray for the government leaders of Israel we don't know all of what goes on there father you do and we just pray for peace we pray for rightness we pray for truth we pray for the innocent people my goodness we are here in our comfort and our security We're here in our homes and in our beautiful church building. We're with brothers and sisters that we love and that love us. We don't have a fear of an attack or something exploding in our building right now. And we just pray that that will continue. But we just think about the people that don't have what we have. And I just pray that we will never, never take for granted the blessings that you have given to us. There's so many people in the world that do not have it. And so many people in that region that's in war right now. Father, we pray for them earnestly. We pray for your ways and your peace and your comfort. We pray for the truth of Jesus Christ to be in this whole experience. We pray for, even as horrible as it is, we pray for people to be drawn to Jesus Christ. We pray for them to know that He is coming back and that only in Him will there be true and everlasting peace. And Lord, we thank You that we know that truth. We, as Christian men and women and in this church family, we know the truth of your peace, of your spirit, of your presence, of your gift, of forgiveness and eternal security and life. Father, we just pray earnestly, deeply. I don't even know what to say sometimes, but I just ask for you to move. In this terrible time, for security and peace and comfort and judgment and good decisions. And for us, I pray for this church family as I move toward concluding because I know, I know, Father, that you are here in this place. I know that you love us. I know that you have brought us together. And I know that you have spoken for us to do this thing this day. And we thank you that we can pray. We thank you that we know that you hear and that you attend to our prayers. And we thank you that in you we will be cared for and peaceful. And we commit all of this. Into your hands. And we trust you father. Thank you. And we pray all of these things. In the wonderful name. The powerful name. Of Jesus Christ. Amen.